Welcome to the Music Drives Us podcast, where we discuss the life and times of local musicians, radio DJs, venue operators, and so much more. My name is John Pollarenti, and on this episode, we have the talented and energetic Alex Bach of Generation 3 here with us today. How are you doing today, Alex? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what exactly you do in the band? Yeah, so I'm the, I've, I would like to say director, owner, and operator, but you know, <laughs> as a band, everybody, everybody has their voice, but I am the drummer and yeah, screw it. Yeah. Director. <laughs> All right. So you can say you're, you, you lead the band, you're the drummer. Um, so how long have you been playing? I've been playing personally for probably seven, eight years, uh, as long as I can honestly remember. Uh, I originally played guitar, moved to bass. Those all got way too complicated, so I said, all right, let's try the drums and suck with it. So why is it that you'd made the decision to go from like guitar to bass? Was it just like completely just, it was all too complicated or I wasn't mean, for I, you? I wasn't really feeling guitar. I don't know why I thought bass, but I thought, hey, it's something different. Let me try it. And then, you know, we just eventually moved to drums. Nice, nice. Uh, so what made you want to play drums? Was it a specific person or? Um, not exactly, um, but music in general, I was just really into and any part I could be, you know, included in that, uh, I definitely wanted it. Nice. So who would you say your favorite drummer is? Wow, that's a tough one. I know. That's a tough one. You can't I, say, you can't you say know, Bonham either. So no, <laughs> definitely not. Um, growing up, Godsmack was a really huge influence huh, for me. Really? And probably the reason I'm playing music, so Shannon was definitely on that list. Nice. No, I would not expect that because I... With Godsmack, just like they don't really stand out as one of those like well-known like uh, for their musicianship. Like they have great songs and like great hits, but like for their musicianship, I feel like they don't really stand out. So that's yeah, really interesting if, to hear. If you really watch Shannon live mm-hmm. and you see some of those older shows, even now, some of those you know huge when they played back in I think I want to say like two thousand, like mid two thousands. Yeah, mid two thousands when they played uh, the DCU Center. Oh, I think yeah. it was. Uh, I forget what it was called back then, but just if you watched him, he was a show by Mm. himself, not just the band. I mean, the way he moved, I just tried to idolize him in every possible way. So that reminds me of the drummer of Korn. Have you ever seen him play Ray? Yeah, Ray Lukather. He's unbelievable. uh, All the drummers who do all those crazy things. What's the drummer of Poison, too? I forget his name. Ricky. Ricky. Yeah, dude. They're all with the... And uh, Glenn Sobel from Alice Cooper, he's crazy with all that stuff. It's, yeah. it's super impressive. It's very, very, very impressive. Um, so when you started playing out drums, were you, obviously you loved Godsmack. Were you playing along to their music? Or were you no, along? I sucked. <laughs> so I absolutely what, sucked. So what were you doing? Like, how'd you, how'd you learn? Um, I was self-taught for multiple years. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you just hit a plateau where, you know, if you're not getting into theory part of it, or you don't know how to read music, you can only get so far. Um, and I tried, uh, I think it was school of rock that school yeah. and I wasn't really feeling it cause they would, as you know, a young kid, they would sit you down. They'd try to teach you the music. You wouldn't even like touch the drums half the time. They yeah. were just trying to show you all that. And I was like, yeah, can I just play this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So I, I got away from that, learned a little bit. And then eventually my drum instructor who I've had for five years now, nice. um, he's, you know, really just. I would show him originally I'd just show him songs. He'd be like, all right, let's try to play them. And then he would, you know, throw in some music every once in a while. And now I can, I, I can't read it perfectly, but I can get my way around it. So you can, for the most part, sight read. And oh yeah, that's amazing. That's really cool. I can't do that. That's really hard. <laughs> um, so when it comes to when you were self-taught, like 
how would you practice? Would you literally just play your own beats? Would you listen to stuff? Would you? Yeah, I, it was mainly just like sitting down and just trying to figure it out at that yeah. point. Um, I started off on like a little, they, my parents got me an electric drum set and said, yeah. all right, if you can get remotely good at this <laughs> and stick with it, we'll get you a real one. So yeah. I really stuck with that. And it was, it was just trying to get the basics and I would try to listen to songs and think I was playing along with them, but <laughs> yeah. definitely wasn't. But I, you know, I was like eight years old. So I was yeah. like, all right, I can remotely do this. At least it's not like Jason Siegel and Freaks and Geeks. There's a scene where he has like a full drum kit. That's the size of um, Neil Peart's kit. It's like 30 some odd drum pieces. And he's trying to play along to Tom Sawyer, but he's just bashing away at just nothing. Yeah, it's, it's pretty it's, much it's how, horrendous. How it like, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's cool to see how you like uh, went from the transition of going, I want to learn more. I want to push myself. I want to get a teacher to like teach me more. Like I haven't really heard many cases of people doing that. Like most of the people that I'm aware of, they like either gave up and were just like, I don't want to do this anymore. And, or they just kept sticking with it themselves. So that's really impressive that you pushed yourself to get somebody like a teacher or, um, other things. Uh, so are there any people that you had in particular that you, that were influencing you as you're playing the music? Like, who was around you that was supporting you at the time when you first first starting out? Um, I mean, it wasn't really that there was a certain person here and there that was pushing me to, you know, be better or do anything. But uh, I think it was just everybody knew I could or they were like, all right, <laughs> if he gets better, I think he could do something with this. Nice. Um, but honestly, the uh, sticks it in you, Steel Panther. I mean, I've known those guys like they were around when I first started like really first started playing first mm -hmm. drum set yeah and uh i remember him just i would show him some stuff and he would just like just down to the basics try to teach me a couple things yeah. um and i mean he's just seen me grow over the years and it's, mm -hmm. it's really cool to watch. that that's really amazing that you have that relationship with somebody who is in such a well-known uh act because um, i remember when steel panthers first started coming out i was like this band's real and then i was like watching them perform i was like they're really talented musicians and then when i did more research on them, like they're all geniuses <laughs> like exactly. isn't the lead singer like a doctor or rocket scientist i forget what he, he might say he is <laughs> I, don't know I know there's like I, I i know there's something they're a lot wrong. smarter than they seem yeah. <laughs> nice nice um so growing up in the environment that you had what was it like having like these people in your life um, that were so influential to other people. Like I know that in your past you've had relationships with uh, like Steel Panther and I was combing through your Instagram and I've seen uh, some other musicians on there like Chester uh, Bennington of Lincoln Park and uh, I've seen some photos of you with Dave Mustaine. So what was it like having these people in your life growing up as a kid like I feel like that's kind of wild yeah I mean it was I mean it was kind of just a part of my life for a little bit and then I grow up and you know see all these people waiting out in the lines for hours getting these shows and I'm yeah. you know I'm texting Dave hey we're at the door <laughs> I mean, it's it's a little it's a little weird and uh I actually wrote in my college essay believe it or not um I think I was like seven eight years old when I first really started getting into music and uh they first introduced me to Dave and I would always, you know, either my parents would take me or obviously I needed a chaperone at one of these events and nobody could take me to the show. Mm -hmm. So Dave called my dad and said, hey, just drop him off. I'll have a security guard with him. We'll handle him. Don't even worry about it. He'll be all set. Wow. And my father's like, yeah, it should be fine. And then he called my mother and she's like, yeah, absolutely <laughs> not. No freaking way. Uh, but I mean, those just type of the guys they are. And, yeah. you know, it was, I think 
just being a young kid that wanted to pursue music, some of them saw that and really helped mm-hmm. um, in any way possible, you know, either playing with them at sound check mm-hmm. or just being around that environment was super helpful growing up. I, I bet like, be, especially with the sound check stuff, cause it's like, it's very intimate, but it's not overbearing where there's like people watching. It's just more mm-hmm. of like, I'm learning with these very smart, intelligent musicians and like they're helping me learn a lot more by just being around me and letting and me play with them through it all so exactly. they know everything yeah so plus the aspect of just being in a band like getting that feel for it, just playing with other people is so different than playing along to music like having to just sit there with headphones on playing drum beat after drum beat by yourself in a basement just can get a little tedious and annoying but when you have that exposure of being able to play with other people it's really it's really nice yeah, and I didn't really get that until I started my band, mm-hmm. which was only, you know, two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, just sitting down before the first practice, and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, this is <laughs> so. So can you tell me, actually, how did the band, like, form? Like, how did that start? It was peak COVID. Yeah. 2020, everybody was in their house. Nobody was doing a single thing. And <laughs> it was my senior project. Yeah. I needed something to do. I thought, all right, I got to make a show. I got to do something, something that I can put together that would just wow everybody. Mm -hmm. And when I first came up with the idea, I mean, this was like when the stay at home order was still like nobody was going outside. Yeah. And I said, hey, let's put on a rock show. People (laughs) are like, are you insane right now? Out of your mind. Out of your freaking mind. And we had the show in May. I think I called everybody. This is May of 2020? Yeah. I mm-hmm. think I called everybody in like September. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, just, <laughs> just hear me out. Don't even, don't say anything. Just hear me out. Yeah. And when we eventually put it together, you know, I mean, it was up until the last second whether we could even do the thing or not. Yeah. Because I remember around that time, everything was still like, because they were canceling Boston Calling again. They were like doing all these other things in the state. Nothing was open. Everything was shut down. We so. were the first show to like happen. no mask, no anything. Yeah. I remember looking in the crowd. I go, oh, we're going to be at the news tomorrow. This ain't going to be good. <laughs> I'm looking out. There's like four or 500 people, no mask. Everybody's having a wonderful time. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, Jesus Christ. This is gonna, I know this is going to be a problem. <laughs> I, well, I think the thing is, though, you were all outside. So I feel like there was that uh, bit of wiggle room. Mm-hmm. So it and it was, was like, a drive-in. Oh, so everybody, yeah. you know, when they pull up their car, that's six feet. That's your call whether you get out. That <laughs> yeah. is your call. Yeah, it's just like at that point, like you're separated anyways by your vehicles. You can hide out in your car. You can stay in your trunk or you can like go out and walk around with people. So And we didn't know. We were discussing backstage before the show. We had a whole act planned yeah. to get. We were all going to come out. We were going to stand on stage. We are going to get everybody out of their car. We are going to get everybody to the front of the stage. We had this whole shtick ready to go. Yeah. And we walk on and everybody's already there. <laughs> and we just look at each other like, all right, the last hour and a half is not going to happen. So let's just do this. Oh, my God. So you just had to jump right into it. Exactly. Then, oh, my God. Nice. <laughs> That's wild. That's great. That's crazy. So uh, when you first started with the band, you guys were doing covers, I assume. Yep. Um, any like songs in particular that you can like name off the top of your head or? Um, I think the first song we did. I mean, there were a bunch of I, I, I sent everybody an original list of just like I think it was like 20, 30 covers. Yeah. Just songs to like, hey, learn these. Let's if you can. let's let's start going over that. I had everything from 
I mean, there was everything on that list from the Eagles to Slipknot yeah. to Metallica. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had everything on there. Nice variety. Uh, yeah. And uh, they vetoed. 90% of the songs that said, all right, kid, let's show you some real stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, that's when I was introduced to a group atmosphere and everybody having a say, which was awesome. Because mm-hmm. I think if I went with the list that I went to, nobody would have shown up to that show. So yeah. thank God for that. <laughs> so they kind of like showed you like, hey, man, like these songs, they're not bad songs, but like this is how you want people to like attend. Like mm-hmm. you want to you want to like kind of mix it up, have a little bit more. Uh, crowd pleasing and stuff. So they gave you a little bit more knowledge in that regard. Yeah. That's really and cool. For sure on the first go around, it was a lot of, you know, me personally, let's do this, let's do that. And obviously they had some say, but they were like, all right, we'll just we'll just go with it. Mm-hmm. Second time around, I sent them the list and they're like, yeah, you're crazy. You think we're going to play these? We're not. Sh- I remember, I think I recommended Nickelback song and they go, if you want us to show up, we're not playing that. <laughs> See, the thing is, though, I would have showed up for the Nickelback song. Exactly. Burn It to the Ground's a great song. That song's so good. Yeah, they go, if you want us to show up, <laughs> NHL we're 2011, not that. that song was a banger. I remember, oh, I love Nickelback. I will say it. Talking about songs that you guys wanted to play, when you were yourself learning with your drum teacher, what music were you trying to play, like, specifically? Were it was a lot like, of just what I was interested in. So, like, metal and stuff? Or? Yeah, at the time, um, it was, like, a few Steel Panther songs that mm-hmm. I originally played that, like... Uh, I did with the guys and it's kind of cool because I've over the last, I think four years, I've jumped up on stage with them every single year and played a song with them. That's really cool. So it's super cool to see the first video. Mm-hmm. It was so bad. Oh my God. It was so bad. <laughs> I think I was like 13 and they were like, well, you're 13 before, before I went on sticks was giving me a prep talk backstage and he was like, Hey, you can go up there and literally not do a single thing. You're a kid. They have to clap for you. I don't care what you could mess up. Everything they have to cheer for you. Yeah. Sold out at the House of Blues yeah, because yeah. they ha- don't worry about a thing. Yeah. And the second time around, he goes, "If you mess this up, I swear <laughs> to God." It's like now, now it's real. Now that now you're older, you're taller than me. They <laughs> they if you suck, they'll tell you. Yeah, they, they will throw things at you. Exactly. <laughs> nice, nice. So you're so a lot of Steel Panther. I know we've you've mentioned Slipknot, um, Joey Jordison. Was he a big influence on you? Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely those. There was That was like the first metal band I was into. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the actual like real, it, the first, it's like when a kid is introduced to rock with like Enter Sandman. Metallica was my Enter Sandman, or Slipknot was my Enter Sandman, mm-hmm. you know, getting yeah. into the actual metal scene. Yeah. So that was a big influence on me for sure. Nice. So... When he left the band or was kicked out and was replaced with Jay, and what are you like? What are your what are your thoughts, Jay or Joey? Oh, that's Jesus. I, I know, mean, that's a I, hard one. When they when they switched to Jay and they came out with the Devil and I, I loved it. Yeah. Um, but those original three albums, I mean, you <laughs> cannot beat them. So yeah. I'm I'm Team Joey for sure for those original three alone that changed metal forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and you know Iowa with that album. I mean, that was unbelievable. Volume it's, three. I mean, it just changed absolutely everything. Yeah, no, the the speed that he had on Volume three for like Nameless, Opium of the People, like those songs specifically were just. So you mentioned Metallica. Uh, did you go to Boston Calling? I did. How was it? Loved it. Yeah. 
It's great. <laughs> nice. Love that. I um, mean, actually, when I originally saw Metallica in 2016, when they played Gillette Stadium, I was at that, that was, show. Yeah, that was the first time I was. Re- I mean, I was I was young, and there was a, like I was really getting into you know going from playing an instrument to maybe I want to do this for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, it was that show is what changed my perspective on really? everything. Really? I so, mean, to see a massive, to see 65,000 people yeah. singing Master of Puppets. I mean, I, I didn't know Metallica. Like, I didn't know the songs that well. I obviously knew the big hits. Mm-hmm. But just looking around, being like, wow, I can actually do, like, yeah. this can be my job. Yeah. So that's what really changed my mind about yeah. everything. How many bands do you think you've seen? <laughs> I've, been, I've been to a few shows i mean I, like my first show i remember i could walk you through the entire remember it like it was yesterday yeah it was five finger death punch opening up for godsmack at the dcu center that's a great so great i remember i was probably like the up to my shin right now mm-hmm. i mean and obviously my dad's known those guys for years but that was the first time i was really around like the rock and roll environment yeah and it was I think the show started like nine. I was like six or seven. So this is way, way past my bedtime. So I remember going to the show. I had like, you know, set list in hand, signed drum heads, all this and that, that I still have to this day. Mm -hmm. Um, And they stuck me right on top of Tony's amp on the side of the stage. And I fell asleep three songs in. (laughs) I was so excited. I I knew every song, like it was the, you know, I knew every lyric to everything. I was so excited. Three songs in, bump, asleep on the amp. Oh, my God. Were you wearing hearing protection? Probably. Yeah, I was going to say, did you have the cans on? Yeah, I think so. I, I, was, just, that, I was that young, probably. I, the same thing happened to me at Aerosmith when I was four. <laughs> like, yeah. I fell asleep on my mom's shoulder. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, was, it was so wild. I, uh, concerts are so fun. So when you're a kid and you were going to concerts, obviously, at a young age, and you're also going to school because, like, that's what children do. Were you learning music in school at all? Yes and no. Um, I mean, like, obviously, we had music class. You do the recorder BS and you do all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, it was definitely music in schools is needed. No matter what you do, <laughs> well, I don't yeah. care what it is. As long as you have music, I'm completely okay with it. Yeah. Um, I think middle school, it was like, you know, you have the drum pads or whatever. That's yeah. when I was first getting into it. Um, but not anything crazy. But I had I had some education, which was good. Yeah. Did you want do you looking back on it now? Do you wish you had more music education when you were in school, like more access to it at least? Or um, I mean, I had pretty decent access. I mean, as much as you can get. I mean, without bringing in massive equipment with drums, guitars, mm-hmm. I think they for what they had, they did a great job. OK, nice. So were your music classes mainly focused on like classical music and that? The same old, yeah, same pop, old. you know, whatever, whatever's in at the time is kind of what they were doing. Um, but me being a metalhead at nine, eight, nine years old, I mean, I was, I was out of the crowd always. Yeah. But I mean, as long as it's there, I really don't care what aspect it is. Yeah. So you were just like thankful to just like have it. Yeah. Because obviously, there's a lot of schools that don't have it, and that's really sad because it's literally like an outlet of yeah it's an outlet of creativity and not every kid likes painting and drawing Mm -hmm. and like some kids are really bad at it and they get down on themselves when that things happen so what do they do they may hit things oh what's that a drum set like so it's 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 one of those things that i always will support and i always try to like get um information from other people because like having that music background as a kid like 
it changes like a lot of perspective because I know a ton of people who like to chorus and they have like the weirdest taste in music in my yeah, personal opinion. I mean, like, even in high school, I was in the I was in the band and yeah. I mean there was like I think there was like four or five of us or whatever. Yeah. In in percussion or the whole thing? Yeah, the whole thing. I mean oh. I was in a small school anyways, yeah. but I mean as long as it's there. If kids don't have to take it. If it's not your thing, it's not your thing. Yeah. And, you know, if you complain about it and it's there, I'm not gonna help you. <laughs> yeah. But if you, you know, if it's if you have access to it, you should be extremely lucky. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because it's one of those things that you need it. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a great creative outlet. So when it comes to teachers, um, in school, I assume the teachers weren't as helpful as you wanted, and you had your personal uh, private teacher for drumming. How did that differ? Um, I hated, hated it when I was in the band, but I appreciate it now. Mm-hmm. At the time, I don't know what I was thinking. I think it was, you know, we were learning jazz and that type of stuff, and I was like, this is ridiculous. Can mm-hmm. we just play some Heretic Anthem or something? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think broadening my horizon, I'll be thankful for it until the day I die. You know, it's they won't appreciate it at the time, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something different that you're not used to, and it's slow, and, you know, you don't really know what's going on. Um, but if you can broaden your horizon and get as much info as possible, um, it was it was really cool. And the teachers, you know, it wasn't wasn't anything crazy you know uh because you have to you have to how do you say you have to learn you know see what the kids abilities are and you can only go from there if you have a kid that you know we had a kid that played guitar it wasn't great but Mm -hmm. you know it's you have what you have and you got to make it work so i think the fact that that's around and they can make it work with anything i think it's very impressive yeah i i agree i do think that having like any if you can like do whatever like even with like three people, it's like you yeah. can do something with it. You can take five kids that are half decent at music and make it sound remotely good. Good on you. Yeah, good on you. So when it comes to um, expanding musical like knowledge or like tastes, did it expand any taste for you? Like musical tastes in school? Like I know most of the stuff was probably like classical music, but like did it make you go out of your way to like look for new yeah. types of music? I don't think it made me go out of my way to look at different types of music in that aspect, but different types of maybe people in music mm-hmm. or, you know, it just broadened my horizon mm-hmm. that I was looking at different things. It might not have been, oh, well, let me go down the classical route. Let me go down the jazz route. Yeah. But when you look at some of those things and you see some of these drummers, I mean, those jazz drummers are in the hand speed and how fast they are and how just in the pocket they are is insane. So that aspect Yes, mm-hmm. whether you like the music or not, not really, but it does open the horizon to everything. Yeah, so talking about jazz, uh, there's a long list of fantastic jazz drummers. Can you name, like, a favorite of yours, like, or two at least? Like, I can give, like, a Buddy Rich and Gene Krupa and Ginger Baker to me, like, those top three right there. Um, Ginger Baker, I did look into a lot um, just for, I mean, Cream alone. That yeah, I got Ginger, into. yeah, Ginger Baker, drummer of Cream for those who are unaware. Um, I mean, just looking at it back in the day of what they were doing and how they changed sound mm-hmm. and how you didn't even have to listen to the band. I think that's important when people ask who's the best drummer, who's the best this. I think if I can play you a song, no lyrics, no nothing, and you can tell me exactly who it is based on the sound alone, mm-hmm. that's where it's important. Yeah, because it's the uniqueness of that person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. You know, obviously they're great, but if you can just take a certain sound and that belongs to you 
I mean, that's the end goal. Yeah, that's that's exactly all you want. Have you ever seen his documentary? I have. He's an asshole. He's, <laughs> he's an so, absolute asshole. He's the worst. He was so ridiculous. And like, have you heard what he said about John Bonham? I, I don't know, but I can't imagine it was good. <laughs> he hated him. He, yeah. he thought he was a sloppy, sloppy bad drummer. And he was like, he has nothing compared to me. I've like visually, like I've seen him say that. And I was like, wow. Like, cause the man, like he had his own demons, but like, that, that say that about like John Bonham at the time, people must have been like, You're out of your mind. It's like, no, mm-hmm. we grew up in the same scene. We have the same influences. I'm better. Like exactly. it's like he just had that cockiness to him. Yep. And I think that's crazy. Um so speaking of other jazz drummers, have you seen I assume you've seen all the drum solos that like Buddy Rich has done? Oh, yeah. And like those things are oh, yeah. the speed. Like, have you been to the um the Zildjian factory? Yes. So you've have you seen his kit? I, I don't remember it, but I, I, they gave me the whole tour on this and that, so I definitely saw it. Um, so speaking of drum equipment, favorite uh, favorite symbols. Do you like Zildjian? I'm a Zildjian guy. Yeah, Zildjian. Yep. I, I agree. Zildjian's the they way to go. They give me free stuff, so <laughs> I say that. <laughs> yeah, Zildjian, I, I also agree. I, I love their stuff. You know, every guy I talk to, most of the guys I used to hang around with, they were all Zildjian guys, so mm-hmm. I think I just went off of that. Sticks eventually changed lanes, and now we talk crap about them but <laughs> before i know you see use them but uh no they've they've always been helpful anytime i've like you know i know a lot of people over there yeah they're wanting to help constantly that's awesome and i break symbols like it's my job so <laughs> they help a lot yeah breaking symbols as a teenager was awful because you can't afford to buy new ones so you just had to keep <laughs> keep breaking I'm literally them. going online because i have to order three new ones for my show <laughs> speaking of which that's what i wanted to get into you have a Another concert coming up on what day? Uh, July 9th. July 9th in the Xfinity Center parking lot. Pretty much. So yeah, before before you enter the massive parking lot on your right, you cannot miss it. We're right there. So the Xfinity Center parking lot in Mansfield, it's going to be your band, Generation 3, as well as Natalie Jolly and Three Years Gone. Yep. Nice. So I'm very excited for this event. Can you tell us exactly what it is? Um, is it similar to the one that you... Did previously like it's the same exact thing. That last one was child's play. This next one will be something extraordinary. Um, and I think just me personally, I am the guys I brought together. Thank God I am the worst person in the band. Anybody that whenever we're in rehearsals, anybody that's messing up, it's always me. Those guys are spot on all the time. And that's why I have them. And, you know, being somebody that just plays in my basement with the headphones to get to work with these amazing musicians, Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is a charity event. All the proceeds go to Music Drives Us um, and to help the Mansfield uh, public schools and their music program. That's amazing. Um, They do have one, but it's, you know, Always good to contribute. Yeah. Keep it in the schools as much as possible. And uh, yeah, no, we have a great lineup. Natalie Jolly's going to open. Three years gone. Uh, this is their first big gig. Uh, you know, they've, they've they've been around the bar scene. They played all you can do. And mm-hmm. this is their first big concert. So I'm very excited to see them. That's amazing. And uh, of course, we're going to we're going to go out there and rock it. I love it. I love to hear it. Um, so talking about the show expectations for what you want do you want like a, obviously you want a big turnout because it's for charity but like expectations for the crowd do you want high energy do you want them just be bopping their heads yeah or? i mean we have a mix you know mix of musicians natalie does her thing with pop and you know the instant classics mm-hmm. with her and her guitar three years gone i like to say they're a you know rock kind of rock band with a country singer mm-hmm. uh, and they we come out with everything possible <laughs> uh so we have a whole mix of everything so if you like the classics we got it if you're a metalhead we got a couple songs in there for you i mean to just set the scene 
I mean, they three years gone, obviously country acts, mm-hmm. but uh, we come out there immediately with Cowboys from Hell, so we set the stage pretty early. <laughs> there you go. Um, All right. But I mean, it has everything you want. So if you like music, you gotta have a great time. Nice. That's that's what I think everybody is excited for is that no matter what, they are going to have a good time and everything goes towards a good cause. Yeah. Um, it's to help music drives us, to help Mansfield Public Schools. And I just think it's great that you're doing this because there hasn't been, there's not a lot of benefit concerts in Massachusetts. Like there, people don't really like have like benefits really, I feel like. And I think this is a great way for maybe other people to see like, hey, like this is something that we can do in the state of Massachusetts more often. We can do this as like a summer thing, like have exactly. certain areas. Like I would love to see this get bigger at some point because I think it's, it's such a, yeah, it's like it's a great opportunity. It's great to help everybody. And it's something that, you know, everybody benefits from, you know, yeah, I like, mean, the original idea wasn't the fact that we wanted to put on, obviously we want to put on a great show, but it was peak COVID. Let's just get everybody together to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Didn't really matter about the music too much. Obviously, you know, we wanted to put on a great show, but it was just bringing people together. As long as we can bring people together to have a good time, everybody's in the lockdown. And that's still the goal today. You know, if you want to come, we got food trucks, you can tailgate in your car. You know, it's just a fun event. No matter what the music brings, it's a fun event for everybody, all ages. Um, All right. I I believe we've uh, reached a point where you've answered all the questions that I have for you. We've talked about the concert that you have coming up that I'm very excited for. Again, it is a fun benefit concert for Music Drives Us and the Mansfield Public Schools happening on July 9th at the Xfinity Center parking lot um, in Mansfield. You turn into the entrance, should be right there. Big stage. Uh, Alex, thank you so much for being here. Thank really you enjoyed your uh, time with us. And uh, hopefully we uh, get to talk again soon about another benefit concert in the future. Absolutely.